Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. Today's Daf is Shkalim, page number seven, and my name is David Hoffman. The Mishnah on 7a discusses the possible uses of leftover money that is collected for specific uses. That is to say, if I raised money from the community telling people that this money will go to such and such a cause or purpose, and I in fact use the money for that purpose, but there's leftover money, the question is now, what is permitted with this surplus money? So the Mishnah investigates what may happen with leftover money collected originally for freeing a specific captive. That's one question. A second question is what can happen with leftover money collected um, as charity for the poor? A third question is, additionally, what can be done with the money collected for burying the dead, which clearly is a mitzvah when no one is there to go ahead and bury the dead, the community must go ahead and take care of that mitzvah. Well, the Mishnah details that if the money was collected for the dead in general, then any leftover money is not really left over and should be used for the purpose that it was presumably raised for in the first place. So if you raise money for the dead, it must go to the dead and not for feeding the hungry, for instance. And if the money was raised to bury a specific person, then in that case, if there is money left over after all of that person's burial needs are taken care of, there is a disagreement as to what to do with that money. The anonymous Mishnah says that the money should go to the dead person's heirs. Rabbi Meir, however, says that it's uncertain as to where the money should go, and consequently, it should be set aside until Elijah comes. And Rabbi Natan says that the leftover money should be used to build a monument on the person, on the grave of the person that you originally raised money for. Now, what I would like to go ahead and do is draw attention to Rabbi Meir's position. He says the leftover money should be shiehe munach ad shiavo Eliyahu. It should be set aside until the time that Elijah comes and Elijah then can go ahead and determine what the halacha is and where this money should go. So in essence, this law, it's a very interesting idea and basically it is a legal moment where the action required is inaction. The court keeps the money, it sets it aside seemingly for eternity. And in fact, this idea of Yehe Munach Ad Shiavo Eliyahu until Elijah comes appears 
for a total of five times, including this time in Shkalim, but then it appears four other times um, in the entire Mishnah, and those four times it appears in the tractate of Baba Metziah. So I would review that for one second, and then I actually have a point to make on the entire usage of the idea of waiting for Elijah. So the first time that it appears in Bava Metziah is regarding um, a star, a document. And so if a person finds documents among other documents and he doesn't know the meaning of them or who gave them to him, or in fact, do they need to be collected or have they already been paid out, the halakha is until it, be, it is clarified, the documents must simply remain until Elijah comes and they are not paid out or, um, or collected. That is the first time that appears in Bav Metziah 1.8. The second time it appears in Bav Metziah is in the second chapter, 2.8, and the Mishnah says that clay zahav, uklei instruments, vessels that are gold or that are glass, and these things are found, and it's unclear as to whose they are. The Mishnah says, Lo Eliyahu. Once again, you may not touch them, you may not use them in the interim until it becomes clarified as to who they are, until Elijah comes. So here, too, you take these vessels, and it's unclear as to whose they are, who owns them, and you put and you set them aside and they may not be used. And then the Mishnah. And the third parak in Bava Metziah speaks about if a person, if two people deposit money with a single person to hold on to, and it's unclear as to who deposited the small amount and who deposited a larger amount, and when they come to collect this money from the person with whom it was deposited, they go ahead and say that in fact, each goes ahead and says, I deposited that larger amount. And ultimately, it's unclear to the person who's holding the money, the person who's holding the money pays back to both of them the amount of money, the smaller amount of money, and regarding the remainder, that is set off munach adshiavo eliyahu. The last time that this term appears in the Mishnah is once again in the third parak and the following Mishnah in Mishnah Hay, and it refers to not money that was deposited with a, with a single guardian, but it refers to instruments, utensils, that were deposited with the guardian. And here, too, the utensils have different values. And when people come, when the two people who come to claim those values from that single person, they each say, I deposited the, the, the utensil that is wor- worth the most amount of money. And here, too, the Mishnah ultimately goes ahead and says that regarding this moment where it's unclear as to who um, owns the more expensive utensil, here too they're both put away, Yehei Munach Adshiavo Eliyahu, until Elijah can come and ultimately clarify the true ownership, the true halacha of this specific case. So it's a very interesting moment where in the Mishnah itself, the idea appears five times that regarding certain halachot, certain cases where the halacha of how to implement it is unclear because there's a lack of information, what we need to go ahead and do is set aside this, and the hope is that at a further time, 
a time further in history, Elijah will ultimately be able to go ahead and clarify what, in fact, needs to be done. And this idea, I think, this idea um, that is being expressed in our Mishnah, in Shkalim, that, as I'm saying, appears four other times, helps us explain the traditional understanding of a word that is used um, in the Gemara, and that word many of us know as teku. And the word teku in the Gemara is a term used when the Gemara is discussing something, and ultimately it comes to the position that the argument is in essence a tie. That is to say, the Gemara doesn't want to go ahead and decide the issue between two sages or two Amoraim, and it simply goes ahead and says that this is teku, and it leaves the question open. And so traditionally, we understand the word teku as being an acronym for the words tishpi, yetaretz, kushiot, uva'ayot. Tishpi, yetaretz, kushiot, uva'ayot. And that ultimately means that tishpi, Eliyahu tishpi, ultimately will respond to, solve the kushiot and ba'ayot, the problems and questions that we ultimately have. And what I'm suggesting is that this very idea that is ultimately put on the word teku as to what it in fact means, and certainly how it's operating in the Gemara, this idea emerges from the idea that's present in our Mishnah that Rabbi Meir offers, which is, Munach ad shiavo Eliyahu, the idea should be set aside and put away, the money should be put away until Elijah can ultimately go ahead and de- determine this idea, um, determine the halacha. And this idea in the Mishnah, I think, animates, explains what the tradition ultimately has to say about the word teku, tishbi yitaretz kushiotu ba'ayot, that ultimately Elijah will go ahead and explain all of the questions that yet remain um, unclear for us. Um, so thank you very much, and I look forward to doing tomorrow's daf with you. Have a good day. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.